It's Wednesday. It's Art on the Air. It's 3 o'clock. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're here today with our, my host, Rob Hessler. Yes, I'm, I'm here, Lawson. too. Should give the station ID here. You're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And given that intro, I think it's appropriate to say that we've got a real humdinger of an episode today. It's the hurricane edition. Oh, yeah. It's is the that, big storm edition. Is it even going to hit us? We don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. I don't know. But Those I models are all sure over the place. I have, I have plenty of water. I know that now. And D-cell batteries. So I'm, I'm okay. Well, <laughs> as long as you're okay, David, <laughs> then the world is, is as it should exactly. be. Exactly. I've been saying this for years. So you're finally listening to me. Uh, we've been through a few storms before. Uh, sure, it won't be like... Let's hope it won't be so bad. Two I heard years it's ago not going to be that bad. I heard mm. last I heard. I'm wow. sure everybody's heard this on the radio. Well, it's what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Except for us, we're talking about art. Good. And we've got a great show today. We've got in-house, in-studio, none other than Jerome Meadows. Jerome, we're so happy to have you here today. I Bring am the story. truly delighted to be here. And we're going to spend a bunch of time talking with him. And we've also got a field note with Rachel Flora, and she's going to talk about her, well, I guess not her, it was pretty much the entire staff yeah. worked on putting together their fall arts preview in Connect Savannah. So that's going to be really great. Where did you talk with her at? We met at Sentient Bean, okay. so it's got personality in the right. background, but I, I really like that kind of thing. And, and ah, gosh, you know, I can't tell you how much I like talking to Rachel. She's one of my favorites. Oh, she's the inimitable Rachel Florida. Yeah, Florida, she's been on the show before as a, as a guest, and when I heard that she was putting out this that this was coming out, I really wanted no, to get her back. No, she does a good job. So, and, and it's always a pleasure to hear from her. So, uh, matter of fact, I'm looking forward to hearing from her. Well, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and play that interview with Rachel Flora, and we'll be back in the studio here in just a couple of minutes. Art in the Air Field Notes here. I'm with Rachel Flora, events editor and columnist for Connect Savannah. You have a fall art preview coming out today. Why don't you tell us what that's all about? Absolutely. So, as you know, Savannah has a lot of artistic events going on, and fall is when it all really kicks off. We have a lot of stuff happening. School's back in session. Last week we had our college guide. So now we're getting into the swing of artsy things. We have a lot of stuff going on. So the Fall Arts Preview is a dedicated issue to the Fall Arts listings throughout the rest of the year. We have six categories. We're going to have visual arts, performances, lecture and literary events, film screenings, festivals, and concerts. So that's all those events that are happening throughout the year in Savannah. We compile it from today through December 31st. So for the rest of the time, you get to see all that. Wow, well that sounds like a lot of work and and I know that you've reached out to a ton of people. In fact, I ran into a couple of past guests, Peter Roberts of Location Gallery and Emily Earl of Sulphur Studios and they were talking a bit about how they had put 
together a lot of things to send your way. So what is the process of putting together such an extensive list, such a huge issue like this? So what we do is, it's a little, since it's so far out, it's a little different than the regular intake of news that we get that I've discussed on your show before. It's not just passively receiving, it's looking for these events because we want everything to be represented. So I basically make a list of all the galleries, all the venues that are having the events listed, and I just start looking, and I email the people who are responsible, I look on Facebook, I really sort of just troll the the internet for a little bit and see what I can find. And so that's a process of, obviously, the gallery owners and the people who are booking events really looking at what they're offering. So going through all of these, you've now seen hundreds of events between now and the end of the year. What are a few that maybe stand out, maybe a couple that are specifically art-related that you're kind of looking forward to or that have stood out to you? One that I'm really excited for is actually happening in tomorrow. It's Masood Ashley Olufani's lecture at the Jepson. That's one that I wrote about. I covered him this week. And he's got a really great project called Blocked, a global healing project, where he looks at the erasure of memory from certain African-American sites. And so he's going to be giving a lecture at the Jepson tomorrow night. So that's one that I think is neat. Another one that I highlighted specifically was the Monet to Matisse exhibition at the Jepson too, which is a really fantastic offering of Impressionist and even post-Impressionist and Fauvist painters, which is really nice to see. You've been covering the arts in Savannah for some time now, and this is a huge undertaking. Have you noticed change from previous years of kind of working on this stuff? I have, because I I don't know if it's just the fact that I cover it now or not, but I feel like Jim, my editor, Jim Marika, specifically said to me, wow, the visual arts section is huge. We have so much overage, and that's great. For the other ones as well, but he was like, this is such a huge section, it's going to be hard to cut it down. And so I think that really says a lot because there was so much happening this year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I heard back from a lot of people. I feel like more is happening, which I think is really exciting. Well, I just want to make a suggestion to you and Jim going forward is don't cut out any of the art stuff and just (laughs) add pages. I agree. (laughs) Give me more space. (laughs) I just want to talk a little bit about you and what you've been doing as well because you've taken on a much greater role at the Connect in the last several months as there's been some turnover there and everything like that. So how has that transition been going in and how are you feeling sort of taking on so much more at the paper? It actually makes me feel so much better because I love to write about everything. And not that I was only allowed, quote unquote, to do art before, but it filled a space for me to be able to take on more things. So I feel a lot more fulfilled, I would say, learning about more things, writing about more things. Like I wrote about politics last week. That's not a typical thing for me, but I did it and it was fun. Right. Your piece on the political rascals. Yes. Read it. (laughs) (laughs) And, And taking on sort of more, expanding myself from out of just the artistic circle to the community at large and doing that is really more fun. All right. Well, I got one more quick question here. So this issue is coming out today, but There'll be an issue next week, the week after, and going all through the rest of the year. So if an event is not listed in here, of course, there's still plenty of opportunity that you'll be covering it. So a lot of our listeners out here might be young artists or, or maybe curators, people that have projects that they would like to promote. How would you suggest to them if they've got something that they're, that's going on and they would like to even list it in the, in the paper, but also have you take a look at it. How would you suggest our listeners go about doing something like that? You can email me directly at Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, don't forget the A, at connectsavannah.com. That's the easiest way to do it. I, like we talked about, I look at so many Facebook events, they all kind of run together. Inviting me to a Facebook event is cool, but it doesn't really guarantee that I'm going to remember it. But if you email me and just give me a quick pitch and at the very least we'll get it listed and then if if we think we have room for it in the paper we'll reach out and get something started but i would love to get as much listed as possible so just send it all to me there right and people don't maybe recognize that those listings are free you just send them in and you just you let people know and they'll post it in there even if you don't get coverage you'll still be listed in the paper rachel flora from connect savannah thank you so much for being on art on the airfield notes today thank you so much for having me And we're back in studio. That was our interview with Rachel Flora of Connect Savannah.
as we said before that interview started, she's just such a great guest. And that issue of Connect Savannah is out today. So you can grab it. It's a huge undertaking. I had to cut out for time some other things, but just a little bit more about the process of going into that. And it was a big, big deal. If you don't recognize it, it's Connect Magazine. And it's got Bob Dylan and the cat in the hat in it. How appropriate is that? And you Great know, picture of Bob, by the way. I, I'm hoping that Rachel and Jim Mareckis will listen to my suggestion hmm. of extending, of just adding pages and making sure that all of the art-related events go in there instead of cutting anything out like they That's unfortunately That's a great idea, Rob. I know. I wish they would do that. Yeah, I wish if they If only would. they were listening. I'm sure that <clears throat> Rachel's probably listening right now. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's a good idea. It's a good idea. We're just putting the seeds out there, guys. We just hope things grow. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. And back in the studio here, we have our in-studio guest, of course, Jerome Meadows, who's sitting across from us here, and we're really excited to talk to him. Jerome, let me do a quick intro here from your bio. Now, there's there was way too much for me to put all down here, but I'm just going to do this shortened form, which I gathered from your from one of your websites. Jerome B. Meadows is a full-time studio artist working and residing in historic in an historic ice house in Savannah, Georgia. Originally from New York City, he's been living in Savannah since 1997. A graduate with a BFA degree from Rhode Island School of Design and an MFA degree from the University of Maryland. Meadows' artistic accomplishments are too numerous to list here, but a few highlights include his 2009 Telfair Museum exhibition, Reframing a Perceptual Paradigm, his NEA grant-awarded African Burying Ground sculpture in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and his work in creating the Yamacraw Public Art Park right here in Savannah. Jerome Meadows, welcome to Art on the Air. I, Like I said, I'm delighted to be here. And we're happy to have you in. Like I said, that is such a small sampling. (laughs) And I've posted up on the Art on the Air Facebook page a couple of links to Jerome's various projects. You can take a look at an article by Christopher Monroe about a recent exhibit of your assemblage pieces, some stuff by Jessica Libos. Well, I mean, you get a lot of coverage here in town. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, but the (laughs) the historic ice house sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you Um, must—it's like must be a big play uh, play playpen. Seven thousand square feet, which you should never give a pack rat. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Every seven years, I have a purge because accumulates. (laughs) Uh, But the building was built in 1901, and uh, it's—I'm happy to say it's solid brick walls. So when hurricanes pass through yeah i've got one of the uh, safety zones yes in that's why we asked you on today because <laughs> we wanted to, we wanted to see if you might have some room just in case the inevitable yeah so if there's a there's a hurricane just just head and on down happened. to jerome maybe studio. i shouldn't have said that <laughs> yeah. and everybody's invited yeah right. bring bring food or bring some yeah. art to work on how's that oh I, that I, sounds I, great well I, let's get into the art then so you Originally from New York City, but you came yes. here in 1997, and that was predominantly to work on the Yamacraw Village project. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, in 1997, um, actually a couple of years prior to that, I had uh, found out about this um, project that uh, the Leadership Savannah um, organization in Savannah had been uh, organizing to commemorate and celebrate the African-American legacy uh, on the west side of Savannah, principally in front of First Bryan Baptist Church, Hmm. and the fact that uh, uh, West Broad was um, a major thoroughfare, business thoroughfare for the black community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at the time, in addition to that, the objective was to commemorate and celebrate the uh, Yamacraw, the native people that were here. So I felt particularly honored to be selected because I've got both of those ancestries in my, both of those uh, uh, wonderful energies in my ancestry, Native American and African American. And initially the project seemed heaven sent um, in terms of all of the key players in Savannah, city manager, uh, mayor, uh, council members were all on board. I remember one meeting Everybody was quite uh, nervous because they were awaiting the arrival and the approval of WW Law. Mm. And that was my introduction to this gentleman and his importance Mm. to Savannah. Uh, He showed up, he gave the project his blessings, everybody sighed 
uh, sigh of relief. And we seem to be full, full steam ahead in terms of bringing this project together. Uh, long story short, it took 10 years to complete the project. Mm. <coughs> right. Me. And uh, for reasons that uh, I don't know if we're going to have time to go into in this, in this conversation. We'll make we got time. 40 minutes. <laughs> we'll make time. Um, but to, uh, to, to put it in a capsulated form, it took 10 years to complete the project, and that was in 2007. We dedicated it. It was in its gloria, glory. And here it is, 2018, mm. and the project has falling, fallen into disuse, disrepair, and... Uh, Neglect. Say again? Neglect. Neglect. Um, and that speaks volumes in my mind about... Um, not only the political community in Savannah, but also, I dare I say, the cultural community mm -hmm. in Savannah. There is a square, and it was regarded as Savannah's most recent square because it exists in that same context, except it's in Yamakura, designed to commemorate and celebrate African-American culture. And to allow that to fall into disrepair... Says a lot. ...speaks volumes. Volumes. Right, and it's the only public art park in Savannah that specifically pays tribute to the city's African-American and Native American heritage as well. All right, it's not like there's another one and they prefer that. Right, or there's <laughs> so much of it that uh, this right. one park has kind of fallen to the side, right? Exactly, this is the one and only, and, uh, you know, tours should be going there, right. both African-American related and just should general be a broader, broader expanse of people. Visiting. So why is that not happening? Good question. <laughs> well, and I've done a ton of research. And like I said, when we got started, there is a lot out there. I have, for those of you listening at home, I've got 10 pages of notes here on Jerome. <laughs> and all of you can can um, can see that. And you, you mentioned that it, I, I pulled a quote here from an article that Jessica Levos wrote about you, and you said, I'm embarrassed to take people to Yamakra and show them what I've done. And there has been some other projects, of course, that you've worked on in town, and you've experienced a little bit of resistance. We talked to, right before the show went on, we were talking about another artist who had experienced some issues with mm. one of her sculptures, sort of uh, public sculptures, falling into a bit of disrepair as well. Now, in the time over the last decade, you've been in here, you've been working in Savannah and doing a lot of things. Have you seen any changes or how is the culture? Is is it the same as it was when this happened or is it is there? Do you, are you noticing you, any changes? I was going to say, do you feel it's more open and welcoming than it was when you first arrived with these projects? Do you think it's a little more possible to get these things done now? Um, <clears throat> those are two I different. Would love to see yeah, that's a, two different questions. But okay. yeah, yeah, uh, and, okay. and I guess the quick and easy answer to yours is yes. I don't see it being open and welcoming. Okay. Um, but I do see, at least from the point of view of murals, for example. Um, Matt Hebermill and others, Seesaw organization, mm -hmm. had been putting up murals, sort of asked for forgiveness rather than permission, right. finding that these things were being painted over. And, and so they, and I was in conversation with them, uh, they took the initiative to try to get some kind of formalized process so that the city would be able to say, yes, and you could put up your mural and you wouldn't have to worry about coming back the next day and it's painted over. Um, where that goes beyond the mural and how successful that's been for murals, I'm not quite seeing a whole lot of major shift. Right. Uh, but of course, sculpture, public art sculpture, is a whole nother animal um, in terms of uh, uh, how it occupies space. And in particular, the kind of work that I do, which is about commemorating um, the existence of human beings <laughs> yeah. within the context of whatever that um, conceptual objective is. Well, I'm wondering, though, is it a, if it's a cultural thing or if it's um, a systemic thing? And I wanted to pull another question that Jessica posed in one of the articles, and she said, 
what is this force field of apathy surrounding Savannah, y'all? Is there some sort of secret society, an anti-art Illuminati set on repressing the kind of velvet revolution this place so desperately needs? Oh or is gosh, it just the cumulative it. effect of so many generations of status quo? <laughs> now, she's a wordsmith, of course, so that's and a don't great you miss her for that? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I do kind of wonder that. Is it is it a resistance to art or is it a resistance to the ideas and concepts that you're presenting in your work? I think it's um, a combination of both. Um, it, my, my impression is that the uh, status quo, the establishment with respect to the historical sculptural um, statues that have to do with depicting that, that history are um, unassailable. Uh, they are the highest tier of what uh, what one experiences as a public art statement in Savannah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's a concern not to uh, challenge that. Uh, obviously, that's because of the importance that tourism plays. What is happening by not challenging that is quieting or dismissing the cultural that. Well, con con uh, dismissing the cultural needs of the people that live here right. um, and we see that not only in the cultural arena we see that in uh, <laughs> the amount of hotels that pop up every day right the mm. municipal building being mm. turned into a hotel uh, what about the people that live here <laughs> you know what about the uh, and and you know, public art is designed to serve that purpose, um, at least the kind of public art that, that I'm attracted to. And so in Savannah, it's a hard nut to crack, I think in large part because of um, one that, uh, and this is not necessarily in order of preference, uh, the historic, the importance of history with respect to the, uh, the, the economics of Savannah. Absolutely. But race is still this thing that, uh, let's keep it quiet, let's not really touch it. Um, let's not bum so, the tourist out with this history. Or make ourselves uncomfortable well, with this history because yeah. we're not quite sure how to talk about it. Right. I mean, one of the interesting things, um, because you sort of referenced the comparison between <coughs> not feeling comfortable taking people to the Yamakura Project, the African Burying Ground Project, which I did in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. um, I sit at a coffee shop in, in Portsmouth, and every third person that comes by wants to shake my hand, give me a hug for doing this wonderful thing for their city. Um, it focuses on an African American burying ground. We, the community raised $1.2 million for this project. Um, what I find fascinating in this is, and it's probably going to be very controversial to say this, but hell, that's why we're here, right? Right. Um, the population in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, African-American population is 2%. Hmm. What's the African-American percentage in Savannah? I'm going to say over 2%. <laughs> I would think so. And yet a project, public art project here, that is to celebrate African-American culture is disregarded, disrespected, and left to rot. Well, and I hate to stoke the flames on this no, topic, but I think, I think we're going to. Because I think that brings up... Uh, I think that is a nice transition to the Savannah Gardens installation because okay. the thing that stood out to me was you have this project that you put together back in 2012. It's all supposed to go up. Everything is ready. <laughs> and the response is we're worried about vandalism. And I, when I read mm. this and I, and I did some research on this, I found, well, my instincts told me that there was a racial component to that because mm. you're assuming that because it's in a in a affordable housing complex that those poor people are going to ruin the sculpture whereas and therefore they were not the people who were going to live there were not allowed mm. to have access to this piece of artwork <laughs> so I'm sort of curious, because this was in 2012, do you, you still have that sculpture? Well, and I, sh I should update it. Um, as of two, two months ago, um, 
things reversed, and the city has now committed to installing it where it was supposed to be. But this was after you look like you have a question. That's good news. No, <laughs> I'm just wondering at what stage have they committed. Well, his interesting because was... Because we've been through this before, right? I was told, um, this is about two months ago, that yes, the city had agreed to install it. I should be getting a phone call shortly. Okay. Shortly has yet to happen. Right. Okay, but at least there was a verbal... At least it's not completely dead on the vine. Well, it's been nurtured in stories in my studio, uh, but in terms of the location. But I want to go back to that point because, yeah, there is that racial component. But the importance and the value of public art, uh, although it might reside in a, in a specific ethnic community and focus on uh, the a specific ethnic culture, the word public is imperative. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be something that everybody has some reason to experience. Um, and that's the thing that I keep mentioning about Portsmouth, New Hampshire, because if you've got a 2% population, you can imagine that these every three, third person, most of those folks are white. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but they're coming up to me and they're they embracing me the saying, you, we appreciate what you've done for our community. Yeah. Um, so although there is this very heavy racial issue, which cannot be and should not be overlooked, let's not let that blind us to the fact that public art, the word public is important. It's supposed to be something that everyone has some reason to, uh, some way of getting some value out it's of. It's having the overview and having the idea of public, yes, it's, it should be elementary that that's what <laughs> that is about. <laughs> it should be, and yet. I mean, I go to um, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee quite a bit, where I've recently been selected to do a major project. Right, right. And I'm, I tell people that I'm so busy looking at the public art piece that I just passed mm. that I bump into the next one. Chattanooga is doing public art in a way that completely blindsides this question about vandalism and risk management, and uh, it doesn't have any value for community um savannah just needs to <laughs> find well, a way to are get you on saying board. that they uh, their process and are you, are you saying that they are are it's just the components that you're discussing here mm -hmm. they don't have there the same issues are always there what about vandalism that's but, what i'm saying but there's a question of whether or not you're going to let the possibility of something that might happen maybe depending upon if so right, they're willing to put that bird out. They're willing to put that bird out. Right. And lo and behold, the community is willing to say, oh, yeah, we're going to respect it and appreciate it. And well, not uh, right. And it. sure. I mean, there's obviously always the chance that that can happen. But coming from the position of fear is the exact that's that's <laughs> the wrong way to approach almost anything in life. Absolutely. <laughs> and that is uh, very unfortunate. But actually, that kind of takes us to the halfway point of our show, if you can believe it oh already, <laughs> where I know it always wow. flies by. You're listening to Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler, and David Laughlin. Our guest this week is none other than Jerome Meadows. Art on the Air is broadcast on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. We're going to take a quick break for just a few short messages here and we'll be right back with more fascinating conversation and we're back art on the air on wruulp savannah georgia 107.5 fm wruu.org we are savannah soundings community radio with global soul i'm rob hessler here with my co-host david laughlin we're talking today with jerome meadows and I want to read his philosophical statement to bring us back into, into our conversation because I really liked it when I was researching him. So art exists as a causeway between the objective and the subjective, a provocative link between our factual understanding and our fanciful interpretations, a spiritual bridge between life's day-to-day -day demands and the sustaining power of ritual and myth. Art transports us from the comparatively limited domain of our mundane obligations into an ever-expanding realm of engaging possibilities, informing, inspiring, and elevating us all. Gosh, I wish I could say something that smart. 
We're going to start each show with that. I know. Seriously, that is a that is a good quote. That, I'm going to put that up standard. on that. Well, thank you. I'll attribute you. that to you. Standard we're going by. Um, so we've been talking about uh, a few of your a few of your projects. Yes. And I kind of wanted to take a step into the present here by pulling out a, another quote. I think this is maybe from Jessica Levos or it could be from Christopher Monroe, but you said in at the end of, at the beginning of 2017, so the quote is, Jerome is taking the first part of 2017 to regroup in confidence and figure out how to use Savannah's limitations as the impetus to do more. So have you figured that out? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. There's no other choice. <laughs> uh, because in truth, it's my building primarily that keeps me here. Um, and a handful of friends. Because you've got a roof. I've got a roof that's going to stay intact. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an overhead hoist. I mean, the yeah. building was to uh, was a dream come true. Um, but yeah, I, 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 for example, I started my gallery, Indigo Sky Community Gallery, back in 2005, uh, largely because friends had gotten to the point where they were hot, tired of hearing me, you know, just bitching and moaning, if I can say that, you, um, uh, you know, about Savannah. And, and so one of them said, you know, have you ever heard of the idea that um, rather than condemning the darkness, turn on a light? Mm. Um, so that's what caused me to... Uh, to start the gallery, and then all of a sudden, it's like this untold number of other galleries coming and going. Um, Thursday and Friday nights became what I call a drive-by viewing. Nice. Um, people would run into the gallery for 15 minutes, spend more time talking to their friends, drinking right. wine, so they could get to the other 10 openings. Mm. Uh, and it just really, you know, unnerved me because that's like, in my mind, that's like going to the theater sitting there for 20 minutes talking to your friends and then leaving and going to another show. Um, so I started That's Art Talks. pretty much art. exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, it? it's insulting. So, yeah. It's insulting to the, uh, to the art artists and the artistry. I'm standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but do you think to a certain extent, though, that art openings are a different sort of animal to art viewing? So... I'll go to First Friday, and mm -hmm. it is that experience because there's ten openings of shows that I want to see all of them, <laughs> and there's a three-hour block, and so you're kind of relegated to going from one to the next. But what I do find myself doing is going back then to exhibits that really draw my attention during that during that initial viewing, mm -hmm. and then it's kind of really standing in front of the pieces and being able to engage it without all this other stuff going on around me. I was just questioning how many people actually do that. I was going to say, Rob, you're engaged. <laughs> well, true enough. We're three than... artists sitting here that <laughs> right. understand things in a... And I must tell you, from the point of view of running a gallery, um, putting out the expense and effort to have wine and cheese and a spread, and that seems to be the main thing that people are coming from, coming for. Uh, so what I would do is, is always have a, an, a gallery talk, and it will usually be more like the artist in conversation with another person who has some uh, insight into where that artist is coming from. And that would be in a separate space with seating, and I found that it happened every time that if you took the time to engage in that, mm. when you went back in to look at the work, you saw it differently. Um, but even with that, so as I was saying, I started my TV program, Art Talks, Art Matters, because that was a niche that I didn't have to compete yeah. with everybody else in. And it was about putting the art out there for people who, um, particularly people who would not normally be exposed to the art. Um, and so the conversation would be to try to break down the mystique of there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer and simply come from the point of view of this is why I do what I do and it's up to you to draw your own conclusions. Um, so and, Yeah, and I, I did take a look at some of those. We, oh, they're, they're, they are out there for people who are interested. You can do a search and you can they're, <laughs> they're up there to watch. And a lot of the artists in there are people who are really actively involved in this of savannah art scene now yes yeah. and you can learn a lot about these artists yeah, and it's yeah, still yeah. out there and i <laughs> kind of feel like even though we didn't i didn't know about that before we started doing this show there is definitely like <laughs> some sort of format that was familiar from uh, that we might be because yeah in. initially it was myself and a co-host well that's a really good idea but <laughs> 
for some. But uh, no, um, no. But the the idea of having the conversation with the artist before they go in was really good because that's instead of him trying to answer or just right. you know, get some fly balls from the audience exactly. about something out of the blue uh, and diversify away from what it he, the intention was, whatever the work should be. Yes. But that's a really good way to do it. Well, thank you. It, it thank you. a good yeah. idea. So it's on hiatus. You did okay so I'm on that one. To, <laughs> I'm looking to bring it back. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm <clears throat> pardon me, I'm, I'm citing these as, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm citing these as, as examples of how to um, be here and feel that I'm still proactive um, because I don't like that love-hate relationship that Yamakura has generated and there's still lingering traces of that obviously mm. um, it's not a healthy way to live in a community right uh, so I keep trying to find ways in which um, I can be more directly forceful <laughs> um, and one of those is uh, the poetry performance right. that I created called Blank Page Poetry, Words and Shadows. Um, and I would like to make a plug. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. <clears throat> the next one is going to be November 8th at St. Peter's Episcopal Church in the Landings. Uh, the title is Blank Page Poetry, Waters Avenue, Voices Along the Corridor. And the idea is that St. Peter's on the southernmost end of Waters and Meadowlark Studio on the northern end are joining forces to see what we can learn about and connect with in terms of Waters Avenue. So we're looking for poets who would bring voice to that. And we'll for those of you out there, yeah, we will announce it again, assuming that we're not kicked off the station between now <laughs> and then. <laughs> Why would that be? <laughs> uh, it does. That does bring me into some questions, though, that I had about what you're up to now. I know you, you mentioned the project that you've got going on up in Tennessee, and I had yes. heard a little bit about that. But I've been hearing rumors about some things here in Savannah. So you got anything else going on here locally? Um, not that I would divulge at this oh, okay. moment. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, blank page poetry is the one that's um, the hot item now in terms of uh, we're looking to uh, get poems and, and poets by the end of September. So again, I put the word out. The, the only um, condition is that you either live, work, worship, or play anywhere along Waters Avenue or in close proximity. Hmm. Or if your grandma lived there and you visited her as a child, if you've got some connection to what is happening. How about Avenue, if you ride your bike there a lot? <laughs> send me your poem. <laughs> and so how, if people did want to get involved with that, there a lot, how would they get, how would they submit something to you? How would that work? Uh, they're going to send it to my email address, if I can give that. Yeah, go ahead and give it. <clears throat> it's uh, meadowspark, M-E-A-D-O-W-S-P-A-R-K at AOL.com. Okay, good. And if you have some, inf if you're interested in contributing to Jerome's project here, then then hit that up and we'll do our best to remember to put that up on the social media oh, yeah, as well, absolutely. David. I'll do my best yes, to remember. I will, absolutely. I <laughs> will. I've I should put it, it down. I should point out because it's a very, <clears throat> pardon me, it's a very unique performance. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, so that you can see what this entails. Um, just briefly, it's a suspended sheet of white paper. The poet, instead of the standard sitting or standing there reading their poem, uh, which at times was rather nodding off. <laughs> uh, depending on the work. Depending on the work. And, you know, this is because I love poetry. But there was, uh, I kept thinking as a visual artist, how can this be made more engaging? Mm. So the poet instead is behind this sheet of paper projected as a shadow. Ah, the silhouette. Yes. Um, and instead of reading the poems, they've learned it so that their movements are expressive. Ah. And simultaneously, they've selected key phrases from the poem that are projected on the sheet of paper. So it's poetry like you've never seen it before. And for poets, it's poetry as you may never have delivered it right. before. Where, where did your interest in poetry stem from? Where does that come from? Um, I used to write every now and then, and, and uh, although you know I'm citing instances where the experience was rather boring, the large majority of, of experiences I've had uh, at poetry slams and readings have been very inspiring. Um, and I never really aspired to become an official poet, but as the visual artist in me was looking to 
think of ways of, of making this more engaging, that's where blank page poetry came well, from. Well, you're one of the, uh, if I may say, you're one of the more creative people. <laughs> well, thank that, you. <laughs> around, uh, and uh, really, that, and of course, you're, you would start taking different, looking at uh, presentations in different ways. How can we do it this way? How right. can this be? And it's more uh, concerned to attract the audience and get them involved as well, not yeah. to project to them so much, but to get them involved. Thinking right? and, and yeah, feeling connected somehow. I mean, I get a sense from you, from okay. what I've read <laughs> in all this jazz in this short time, uh, since this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that was eons ago. <laughs> but it's such a. But you've got such a sense of art of being a, a, such a living thing. It's part of. <laughs> a lot of people don't get that. You know, a lot of people are not involved with art in so many ways, and it's just a natural instinct. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, my mantra has been forever living breathing thinking doing art all the time yeah and uh from in art school at RISD in particular um i determined that this was something that i could not do or didn't want to do on the side this was something this that was it full bore boogie let's just go for it and the new yorker in me would would not accept any oh other that's right way. you're from the bronx that's right <laughs> yes the bronx harlem and, and upper manhattan uh, and although <clears throat> at the time New York seemed to be the last place to be somebody, um, I was able to spend summers in Connecticut at this program designed to get uh, minority youth into college. And I was much happier canoeing on a lake or hiking. I was wondering what the transition there was. Well, I realized in, 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 <clears throat> in hindsight that um, Although I didn't feel like I belonged in New York, I was gaining experiences there and life lessons that would enable me to living, breathing, thinking, doing art all the time in terms of... Yeah, it's called growing up. I mean, it made you tough. Yeah, I mean, you got to wear your game face. <laughs> you you got to yeah. know when to engage and when to, uh, and how to engage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been blessed with, uh, and you hear that word a lot in Savannah, um, yes, with, you do. <laughs> <laughs> with um, opportunities and and um, systems and 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 experiences that have in fact enabled me to uh, wake up every morning um, as my own boss and and spend my day. Let me ask you doing this: art. <laughs> How did the Boy Scouts help you? The Boy Scouts did help. See? I was in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I saw the picture. I had to ask. Did you? Yes. <laughs> it's a good thing we're on radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm putting it up later. Oh, no. I'm going to find it and put it up later. Uh, that, again, that's interesting. I, I had thought about that. I don't. I just popped in my head. <laughs> I just thought it might have helped. But that was, yeah, that was part of, you know, I was actually rather disappointed with my troop. Oh, because, dear. Well, because we would go to these jamborees and such, and we were staying in cabins. And I was like, well, why aren't we out there in the outback in the yeah, tent? Yeah, let's build it? our own. I guess, you know, the Harlem version of the Boy oh, Scouts was. Uh, it wasn't like that, huh? It, you know, it was a bit more uh, comfort-oriented, I guess. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that just bespoke my um, personal interest in and being out in nature and and uh, the country well, and gives you a sense of can-do attitude too, right? So, well, yeah. And, and I wanted to talk <laughs> that can-do attitude. I, I I think I would even go farther and say tenacity because you know it's, you <laughs> yeah. you were talking about how you've been blessed as an artist to have all these opportunities, but you've also had to overcome a lot of frustration. Like we talked about the Yamakra Village project taking 10 years to get done. This, you know, who knows? Hopefully, the Savannah Gardens, it sounds like it's moving in the right direction. But yep. this is a process that was supposed to be done in 2012. And, and I want our <laughs> listeners out there to hear that because you've now had a long, successful, and very interesting art career that I think a lot of people would admire. But it's not been like, here's this smooth, perfect ride and everything has gone easy. Right. Not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's why, you know, when I talk to, um, to students or younger artists, um, it's always a matter of the person who can remain, um, who is the most persistent and perseveres is the one who will be successful. Mm. Uh, but it also means that you have to really be committed to um, 
not so much your art, but who you are in order to be an artist. Um, because I, I never try to, um, uh, to look, at, look at a young person's art and say, well, on the basis of that, you're going to make it or not. It's more a matter of, you know, who are you when you go into the studio? Uh, what drives you into the studio? Um, when you're not in the studio, are you agonizing or are you completely comfortable where with that? Where are you at with that? Where are yeah. you at with that? I mean, I, I made it a point to two things. <clears throat> Make sure that I was making art every day, mm. no matter what happened that day. If it was two hours at night down in the basement and those two hours were committed, and I also made it a vow after graduating from RISD not to go back to New York City um, because the demands of that art world were not, I felt, were not in line with me finding my relationship with my muse. And for you me... Had, you felt you had to develop some more. I had to find my voice. You talk about your muse, muse a lot. I'm, nervous too. Uh, I'm all for it. Oh yeah, no, that's 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 the the holy grail of, yeah. of me being an artist. I mean, you really I, just open yourself up and let's see what happens with this. And you're open about. It. A lot of people don't get that about uh, making art. Is you're very open. It's not so much, but once you get the idea, then it's what you talk about being tenacious, right? And making sure it's followed through. It's a whole different art. And if I might actually <laughs> just, if I might just um, pull out a couple more quotes here that I've, okay. that I've hit, you, you, so they relate to what you just said. Well, one of them is art like gravity never sleeps. And I really <laughs> like that one. And then you've got, as an artist, it's all about your voice. In my case, because of when I grew up in the 60s, that voice is not simply my personal private expression. It's a voice that I see as having value to a community. And I think that mm. that's particularly important here in Savannah. I think that it's... Savannah's interesting because it's a city, but it's really much more of a small town. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know that coming from a bigger city. I grew up in D.C. and lived in L.A. for okay. a long time. And yes. So it, it, you, people that have lived here their whole lives, they think it's a city, but it's it, there's definitely a small town feel right. about it. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and what's disheartening is that it's growth – as represented by you know hotels springing up every every other month mm. does not represent it growing into a bigger city it becomes this small town under siege <laughs> right not, by these things so that are exported in right yeah so those things are what's keeping it from developing into uh, you know i talk to people and and we talk about the critical mass you know is it possible that with uh scad here and all the outside people coming in that we could reach a critical mass where things would just then begin to bloom We've talked about that so many times on this show, you wouldn't even believe it. <laughs> and is there a sense that it's possible, still possible? or? Well, what we have is, I think, okay, so there's kind of, what's interesting here is that we have the downtown, heart of downtown art community, which mm -hmm. is generally centered around the second Saturday art walk okay. that is was organized by Tiffany Taylor, and it includes her gallery and Roots Up and a lot of the waterfront and everything like that. And mm. then there's a second hub built around Sulphur Studios, okay. pretty much so from where the, the current Department of Cultural Affairs is mm -hmm. and then heading south from there and what that all encompasses, which would include your gallery as well. And that now is Art Rise still a functioning agent here, or not really? Okay, not really. But at the time when right. they were doing things, that mm -hmm. would have been included. And of course, mm -hmm. there was a point when they were running nonfiction gallery, and then right. that was kind of a part of that. And I think that the second portion of that is particularly oriented towards local artists. Okay, and is the uh, sulfur right, right, yeah. right. But then again, now we have the Starland Village project, which mm -hmm. is going to go up there. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. obviously going to have a tremendous impact on the small local businesses mm -hmm. that are operated by creatives. Because the, let's be honest, those rents are going the up. The price point is mm -hmm. going to be prohibitive. Right. <clears throat> and I know that you've had some interest in a revitalization of 
Are oh. you, you going yeah, to make like it here. You want me to take it over while you go get some water? Is that what uh, you're trying yes. to do there? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to see you dangle in the wind there. It was a lot of fun. I don't know what his question was. Uh, Waters Avenue, yeah. The, the revitalization of Waters Avenue and, and what character is that going to have? I mean, my interest is, has been to um, have it focus on uh, artists, but not in terms of galleries and and uh, spec and spectacle, but places where artists live and work. Ah, um, yeah, because it's a very you know intimate. Make it a whole different corridor. Yeah, it's not about the glitz and the glamour and the you know the the splash. Right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you you go to your studio and you work. And and personally, it's very selfish. I would love to be able to get up in the morning and uh, walk down. And I understand the coffee shop is coming to Waters Avenue. Grab a coffee. Instead of making your own coffee, you'd rather? Uh, yeah. Okay. If I had the option. Okay. <laughs> and grab a coffee and knock on an artist's door and sit and chat because find out what they did yesterday. and and uh, That would be cool. Actually. Yeah. 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 Why not? Well, you know, it's going like to take... community I was with before. It's going <laughs> to oh, take okay. people like you, I mean, making that happen, people like us. I mean, I, I have... Uh, a strong, I have strong feelings about the hotels and the development. Care to share? <laughs> I've shared it many times on this, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm dismayed at much of you know the, the last week the the final city-owned building on the river on the waterfront was was sold, and that's very troubling to me. And uh -huh. and the recent um, sale of the other government building. That's going to get turned into a hotel. The that, municipal, yeah, the municipal right. building. That's what I was getting a at boutique, there. Boutique hotel. Yeah, and that stuff is it. It's I feel like it shows a lack of vision, of true vision, as to what is the essence of what Savannah is all about. Which is funny because I've only lived here for seven years, <laughs> yeah. but I lived here because of what it is, mm -hmm. not because not for what I wanted it to turn into. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's this, you know, I, I hope, well, we'll see. We're going to see, right? <laughs> we're going to see. Whether we like it or not, but we're going to see. I think we know what we're going to be seeing, and that's... Uh, hope for the best. I just want to be positive. I want to be an optimist. We're going to hope for the best. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time. We need to really? get How into it. We, we have three minutes, so we need to do our community calendar. <laughs> Jerome Meadows, thank you so much for being on we our show today. We need another hour, dude. You've got to come back. Maybe we can do a part two at some time. Yeah, oh, that would be wonderful. So. We're going to hold you to that, Jerome. <laughs> and that's going to be it for Art on the Air this week. Coming up next is that old Savannah Magic. Lewis, hey, Lewis. is chomping at the bit. No, 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 no. Take Next week, we've got Stacy Albano on. Her exhibition, Instinctual, is coming up at Location Gallery. Tune in every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. for Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul.